0: Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Star Wars Legends Lounge, the show that celebrates the books from Star Wars Legends. I'm Aaron Motes. On today's episode, a Clone Wars novel, Yoda Dark Rendezvous by Sean Stewart. The book takes place during the Clone War between Episode 2 and 3. The book was published between the second and third seasons of the Gendi tartakovsky Clone Wars micro-series. More on that later in the show. The story focuses on the relationship between Yoda and his most powerful apprentice, Count Dooku, and it features Dooku's protege, Asajj Ventress. But before I talk about the book, a little bit of news. We've passed 1,600 downloads. Unbelievable. Honestly, the only reason I started doing this was because I have never been able to find someone to talk about with these stories, and I've been reading them for about 30 years. Honestly, I only really thought there'd be probably four or five people that I've interacted with online that would want to listen to this, so to know that as of the time of this recording, That 1,610 people have downloaded the show. It's honestly amazing. You don't know how happy you all have made me. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Now, let's look at the upcoming show calendar. I already told you all last week that my work may be sending me to Alaska for 10 days at the end of August. And as of right now, the trip is still happening. If it does, the episode on MedStar 1, Battle Surgeons, that I have planned to release on August 27th, will not be released on that date, and instead will be released the following Friday on September 3rd. The second book in that series, MedStar 2, Jedi Healer, will still be released on schedule on Friday, September 10th. If anything changes, I'll be sure to let you know. We don't have any questions or comments this week, but if you have one and you'd like to ask, please feel free to contact me, email the show at swlegendslounge at gmail.com, or send a tweet at legendslounge1. Ask me a question, leave a comment, doesn't really matter what. I really enjoy interacting with you listeners. And now, it's time for today's book, Yoda. Dark Rendezvous by Sean Stewart. Let's head in to the Star Wars Legends Lounge. The story begins with Jedi Master J. Merrick returning to Coruscant, battered and bruised. Merrick had been attacked in the Outer Rim by Asajj Ventress, Count Dooku's protege, And Dark Assassin. Merrick tells Jedi Masters Yoda and Mace Windu that Ventress could have made him her latest kill, but Dooku wanted to use him to deliver a message to Yoda. The Clone War has raged long enough. Dooku wants peace. He wants to invite Yoda to the planet Vajun to discuss a ceasefire, and he offers the old Jedi Master a gift a small seashell, a symbol from long ago when Padawan Duku asked his master about falling to the dark side. Many mistakes you'll make, Yoda said. Many shells we have left for you, Duku. If ever you are lost, you look back to this, the old master had said. A candle I will light for you to find your way home. Now later, Yoda meditates on Dooku's invitation. It's clear that it's a trap, but Dooku is sincere. Yoda can feel it. Dooku is in over his head. He's afraid of his new master, Darth Sidious, and he wants the Clone War to end. As Yoda meditates, he feels a familiar presence. Qui-Gon Jinn had been gone for over a decade, but he was always near Yoda. Dooku is a fencer, Qui-Gon tells him. He's always looking for leverage. Your old master, the truth, is he telling? Yoda asks about Dooku wishing for peace. He thinks he is lying, Qui-Gon answers. Yes, Yoda whispers, making up his mind. Dooku, his old apprentice, is asking for help, and Yoda will be to help him. But Yoda can't just leave Coruscant. He's the Jedi Council advisor to Chancellor Palpatine, and he helps coordinate the military movements throughout the galaxy. Leaving for weeks to meet with the Separatist leader could affect the war effort and be a political and public relations nightmare for the Jedi and the Republic. So the Jedi Council develops a plan to sneak Yoda off Coruscant. They hire the famous actor and Yoda impersonator, Faleas Chuff to act as a decoy. Disguised as the Jedi Master, Chuff will fly on a highly publicized mission to the planet Ithor, while Yoda travels to Vajun with Jedi Masters Jay Merrick and Max Leem and their Padawans. The small party will be disguised as a family going on vacation while Yoda hides in a hollow astromech droid. Everything begins as planned. Chuff, disguised as Yoda boards a Jedi starfighter in front of the Coruscant media. He takes off with a contingent of four clone escorts, leaves the planet, and jumps to light speed. Meanwhile, Yoda and the Jedi board a passenger ship and head to the planet Findar, where they plan to catch another flight to Vajun. But it soon goes off the rails. Asajj Ventress ambushes Chuff and his squadron when they exit hyperspace at Ithor. Ventress destroys three of the escorts and disables Chuff's starfighter. The fourth escort ship flees the battle, returning to Coruscant to report what happened. Ventress circles the starfighter and sees the fake Yoda in the cockpit. She lines up to destroy the Jedi Master. She's killed 16 Jedi since the beginning of the war. And the Grand Master will be her 17th. But something stops Ventress from pulling the trigger. Something doesn't feel right. She can't feel the Jedi Master in the Force, only fear. And suddenly, it hits her. It's not Yoda. She's been tricked. Ventress takes the imposter on board her ship and then destroys the Jedi Starfighter. She'll use the news herself. Let the Republic think that Yoda is dead. Meanwhile, Ventress will question the imposter and find out where the sneaky green ball goblin has really gone. Now news of Yoda's death is a terrible blow to morale on Coruscant, and it's up to Mace Windu to inform Chancellor Palpatine about the decoy plan to sneak Yoda off Coruscant and to the meeting with Count Dooku. Mace suggests Palpatine let the Republic know that Yoda is still alive, but the Chancellor disagrees. The destruction of the decoy squadron will help cover Yoda's trip to Vajun. It will also put some distance between the Jedi and Chancellor's office, Palpatine says. Many citizens already believe the Republic government and the Jedi are too close, and to immediately dispute the news report of Yoda's death without revealing him to the public will only reinforce those ideas. Now following the meeting with the Chancellor... Mace also explains the secret mission to Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. He tells them about the message from Dooku and the invitation to Vajun. But now things have changed, Mace says. With the destruction of the decoy squadron, Ventress will know that she's been tricked, and she'll be hunting for the real Yoda. Mace decides to send Obi-Wan and Anakin to Vajun to help protect Yoda and his small party. Ventress questions Chuff and learns Yoda's real travel plans. She ambushes the Jedi during their layover on Findar, deploying a new type of battle droid. The droids attack Masters Merrick and Leem in the Spaceport Cafeteria, firing flechettes instead of blasters. The Jedi have grown accustomed to fighting battle droids during the last two and a half years, but the flechette guns are something new. Instead of deflecting blaster bolts, the flechette rounds contain hundreds of razor-sharp projectiles that spread out over a large area. The Jedi deflect some of the projectiles, but not nearly enough. The flechettes start cutting Merrick and Ream down, but they are Jedi, and they have the Force. The two destroy most of Ventress's squad of droids, but eventually, the attack overwhelms them. Before the Jedi fall, Ventress orders the droids to stop firing. She will finish this off. Igniting her red blades, Ventress steps up to Master Merrick. The wounded Jedi tries to raise his lightsaber to defend, but it's no use. He's dying, and they both know it. But he can try to buy time for Yoda and the Padawans to escape. Valiantly, Merrick tries to spar with Ventress until finally, wounded and exhausted, she slices her twin blades across his chest, killing him. Number 17. Ventristin walks over to where the severely wounded Jedi, Max Leem is lying on the floor and plunges her lightsaber down through her heart. That's 18. Elsewhere, while the Jedi fight with Ventress, Yoda and the Padawans escape and continue onward to Vajan. Scout and Wee are distraught. Their masters are dead and they saw Ventress cut them down. But Yon remains philosophical, telling the Padawans that their masters sacrificed themselves to allow the three of them to escape and to try to end the Clone War. On Vajun, Dooku waits for his former master to arrive. Vajun is a planet strong in the dark side of the Force, and it's the home of the Malro family, one of the richest families in the Outer Rim. A decade earlier, the Viscount Malro performed strange experiments using midi-chlorians that drove the residents of the planet insane. The entire planet's population was nearly wiped out. Now Chateau Mauro is Dooku's latest headquarters. When Yoda and the Padawans land, they split up. Yoda tells the Padawans to wait on the ship while he goes to find Dooku. The Jedi Master ascends the cliffs to Chateau Mauro, but once he leaves... Wee feels a disturbance in the force, and he and Scout head into a cave near the landing pad. As the Padawans travel deeper and deeper into the cave, Wee's temperament changes. He's normally quiet and confident, but the dark forces on the planet have him acting strangely, and it's concerning Scout. She starts to ask him what's wrong when they hear an explosion. They look back and see battle droids firing into the cave ceiling. Quickly, The Padawans turn and sprint deeper into the cave, just as the ceiling starts to collapse. Deeper and deeper into the cave, the Padawans run, until finally, they come across a large door. It opens up into the basement of Chateau Malraux. They've outrun the cave-in, but they've stumbled right into a trap. Standing there in the room, it's Asajj Ventress, and she has another squad of battle droids. Now, several stories up, Yoda arrives and confronts his former Padawan. The two talk about Dooku's time at the Jedi Temple, and about how he became disillusioned with the Jedi. He pleads with Yoda, telling his former master that the Jedi have lost their way. They've been corrupted by politics, and by the war. But Yoda encourages Dooku to turn his back on the dark side, return to the light, and the Jedi. Together, they can end this war. It seems that Count Dooku is conflicted, but just then, one of the servants bursts into the room with news. A ship has arrived, with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. In the basement, Ventress grabs Scout in a force choke and starts to advance on Wee, But Obi-Wan and Anakin sense what's happening and arrive just in time to rescue the two Padawans and chase Ventress off. Above, Dooku reels on Yoda accusing his former master of trying to ambush him. He activates an orbital missile, targeting the mansion. The book ends with Dooku escaping, and Yoda calling on the Force to divert the missile, passing the chateau, and exploding in the sea. Time for a break. When we return, I'll talk about what I liked in the book, and about some of the stuff that didn't work for me. I'm Aaron Motes. You're listening to the Star Wars Legends Lounge. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show, everybody. Here on the Star Wars Legends Lounge, we like to celebrate the stories from the Star Wars Legends line of books. But allow me to take a moment and recommend a book from Star Wars canon. Rebel Rising tells the story of a young Jin Erso before the events of Rogue One. Orphaned at five years old, Jin is taken in by the radical Saul Guerrera, a man willing to go to any extremes to fight the Empire. But how far will Jin go for the cause? It's a story of tragedy, betrayal, and learning how to believe in oneself. The perfect read for fans of Rogue One. That's Rebel Rising by Beth Rivas. Welcome back into the Star Wars Legends Lounge, the show that talks about the books from Star Wars Legends. I'm Aaron Motes. Today, I'm talking about Yoda, Dark Rendezvous by Sean Stewart, a Clone Wars novel set about six months before the events of Revenge of the Sith. So, a little background. This book was one of the stories that was part of the Clone Wars Multimedia Project, a three-year project Created by Lucasfilm, with Del Rey Books, Dark Horse Comics, the Cartoon Network, and Lucas Arts, it was the largest multimedia project since the Shadows of the Empire project in the mid 90s. Now these stories were all set between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, and it started with Star Wars: Clone Wars, the Gendi Tartakovsky micro-series that many people enjoy. The first season of that series was in November of 2003, and the second season was in March and April of 2004. And this book was published and released November 23rd, 2004. Now, there are several books and some video games that are part of this multimedia event. Books like Shatterpoint, the MedStar duology, Battle Surgeons and Jedi Healer, Jedi Trial, the Cestus Deception, the first Republic Commando book, Hard Contact, and the Republic Commando video game. And then there are several comics and children's books that were part of this event. And it spilled over into toys as well. Uh, Hasbro released a number of toys and figures that were part of this Clone Wars series. Most fans of Legends understand the timeline and continuities between books, comics, the movies are pretty messy From the 70s, 80s, and through most of the 90s. But, once the prequel era started, the continuity, in my opinion, is a lot better. Things work together. They make sense. Are there still some discrepancies? Yes, there are still some discrepancies. But, there are not nearly as many discrepancies, in my opinion... As the stories that took place prior to The Phantom Menace. As far as the books go, Yoda Dark Rendezvous is the final one in this continuity for the Clone Wars Multimedia Project. It takes place roughly six months prior to Revenge of the Sith. I will say right now I'm not a big fan of the story. There are scenes in this book that easily could have been trimmed down by pages. There's one scene in particular where the Jedi, the Padawans, and Yoda disguised as the astromech droid are going to the spaceport on Coruscant to load into their shuttle to head to Findar for the second leg of their trip to Vajun. And for me, that scene takes an interminable amount of time and an amount of pages in this book. The minutia that the author Stuart goes into... With some of these scenes is admirable. It actually is. But it's one of those things that for me makes me lose interest pretty quickly. It's pretty clear that Sean Stewart is a gifted writer. He's very descriptive. But there are times where I wish he wasn't as descriptive and moved the story along. I enjoyed most of the characters in this book. Some we didn't get a whole lot of time with. I don't think we got much time with the two Jedi, Jay Merrick and Max Leem. Understandable, because they were going to be killed off in the book anyway. We got a lot with the Padawans. I did not go over much with Scout and we in the description of the book, because because many of the pages that they're on, like the pages I described at the spaceport, are kind of superfluous to me. However, both are pretty interesting characters. Scout is not very strong in the Force. Her biggest fear is that she's going to be sent to the Jedi Agricultural Corps, Because she doesn't believe she's ever going to make the rank of Jedi Knight. Because of that, she's a very determined individual. Even though she's not as powerful as other apprentices, the only thing she wants is to be picked to be a Padawan. She's not exactly picked by Master Merrick. It's more that he lost a bet. Because he lost the bet, he had to take her as his Padawan. Wee, on the other hand, is a very powerful student. He actually comes from Vajan and was a member of the Malru family. He was taken from the planet as an infant, right as most of the population started going insane and attacking each other. Interesting fact about Wee, He's in Revenge of the Sith. When this book was pitched, some folks at Lucasfilm thought that the author should use one of the apprentices from the Jedi Temple in this book. And it turns out he made up Scout, but he used Wee Mauro. And Wee is one of the Padawans that is cut down by Anakin Skywalker when he and the clones march on the temple. So the new characters, some of them are pretty interesting. I think the most interesting character in the book is Asa's Ventress. Now this is the Asajj Ventress that was introduced to us in the Clone Wars micro-series. She's very similar to the Asajj Ventress from the Clone Wars, the series that started in 2008 that many people know and love, but there are some differences between the two. This Ventress is strictly a Jedi hunter. She doesn't really have any other uses for for Count Dooku. She's not used to negotiate with possible allies of the Separatist Alliance. She's not used to spy on government officials. She's strictly an assassin. And she keeps count of the Jedi that she kills as proof of what she's done. She takes their lightsabers, if possible. If not, she takes some other form of proof. I have to say, I like both versions of Asajj myself. I like the conflicted Asajj Ventress of the Clone Wars. And I like this singular-minded Asajj Ventress of the Legends line. But, the main thing in this book is the history between Yoda and Count Dooku. Clearly, the two have an affection for one another. Yoda loves his apprentice, and on some level, Dooku loves his master. In this book, it does seem that Dooku has realized that Darth Sidious is leading him down a path that will ultimately only end in Dooku's destruction. And he does not know how to get out of it. He's stuck. And on some level, he is asking for Yoda's help. I think the issue is that Dooku only wants Yoda's help on Dooku's terms. He wants his master to understand his decisions. He wants Yoda to understand that what the Jedi Council stands for now are not the ideals of the Jedi even 20, 30 years ago. For thousands of years, we remember Obi-Wan Kenobi telling us, the Jedi were the symbol of peace and justice throughout the galaxy. But over the last decade, the Jedi have become more politicized. The Jedi have become more militant. The Jedi have taken sides. And the Jedi ideals don't really allow them to take sides. The Jedi ideals are only to combat the darkness. But, credit to Darth Sidious, he has manipulated the galaxy into taking sides, including the Jedi. Speaking of Darth Sidious, one small thing about this book that irks me is every time Sidious calls Dooku, he calls him Count or Dooku. And from what I remember in the movies, every time he talks to him, he calls him Lord Tyrannus. Never once in this book does he call him Lord Tyrannus. That just irked me a little bit. But that's just one small thing. So let's wrap this up. Overall, Is this my favorite book? No. I would put this in the category of books to read if you really enjoy the Clone Wars era. And in the Legends timeline, you want to get the entire story of the Clone Wars. But if that's not an area that you particularly enjoy, this is a book that you can skip. So what's coming up on our next show we're going to jump ahead to close to the original trilogy era, just before the original trilogy takes place. It's Dark Forces Soldier of the Empire, the first of the Kyle Katarn books. So please join me on July 28th for that episode. Until then, if you'd like to contact me, please feel free to email the show at swlegendslounge at gmail.com or send me a tweet. At legends Lounge 1. Ask me a question, send me a message. I would love to hear from you. Once again, thank you very much for listening, and thank you for getting us over 1,600 downloads. Very exciting. I'm Aaron Motes. This has been the Star Wars Legends Lounge. Remember, there's always a bit of truth in Legends.